Welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe, where we serve up all sorts of spicy conversations off the latest menu of science fiction movies and television shows. You can find Dining at the End of the Universe at diningattheendoftheuniverse.com. You can also find us on iTunes. We look forward to seeing you at the diner. Right, welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things sci-fi. And by all things we're talking about... Anything you might be seeing on TV or what's new in the movies. And every once in a while we'll bring in some books. Because we do, we do read sci-fi. Absolutely. Yeah, but, um, and I would actually like to eventually maybe have a segment on where we talk about a book. Maybe there's something that we kind of say, okay, we're going to read this book this month and let's give our impression of it. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool. I also thought we could do that with maybe like you know, either a classic sci-fi movie or, you know, something like that just to put a spin on it. And we have enough to talk about in the show without adding more to it, but... There's a lot of stuff going on right now, yeah. <laughs> there is. But maybe if we had a slow uh, spot somewhere along the way, we could easily do that. That's uh, certainly an option, right? Well, I mean, the summertime, there, I mean, there's I mean, much in the way of new stuff, so uh, yeah, we yeah. will have to look at a classic and give our thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to plan that. But we can make it like Mystery Science Theater. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> it is absolutely, absolutely great. Anyways, tonight, uh, my name is Scott, and I'll be one of the diners here. And I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And uh, we are here to just uh, share this evening with you, and you're so glad that you have joined us. Uh, just a few things about the show before we get started. <laughs> First of all, we just want you to know that if you're listening to this on an ACC format, if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. But if you are, you're listening to it in an iPod or an iTouch or anything like that, you can skip forward through the chapters. You don't have to sit through the different sections. So let's say, for example, we're talking about Dollhouse, which we're going to do later on. Right. And you don't give a rip about Dollhouse. You can skip to the next section. We really won't be offended. We, we talk about the shows that we love, and we would love to have you call in and share about the shows that you love. But if you don't do that, we're going to talk about what we love. And if you don't like what we love, just skip through it and go to the next part. Absolutely. We won't be offended, really. Right, Miles? We got thick skins. We do. We do. Very thick. <clears throat> On tonight's menu, we're going to talk about some show news that dealing with our show here. The uh, sci-fi news, uh, we only have one or two things there because we have too much else to talk about. The Dollhouse finale review, at least, is on the docket, whether we get to it or not. The Fringe finale, and then, obviously, the thing that we've been talking about for weeks on end, the Star Trek. I, I almost wrote the Star Trek finale, you know, because just to keep it consistent, but it's not the finale, hopefully. No, it, it's, it's hopefully the beginning of something. Yeah, it's a reboot. It's a restart. Yep. The restart uh, for it, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of see how it all breaks down. That's at least our goal tonight. We'll see where we're at time wise. But why don't we start off by answering two weeks ago? Okay. Well, maybe we should start before we answer that. We've been kind of taking these every two week approach, at least the past two episodes. Do you want to talk about that at all? Um, just sometimes real life uh, yeah. gets in the way and. I'm sure, you know, I mean, I love doing these podcasts weekly, but 
Yeah. You know, real catches up. And we're going to try to be more consistent with that eventually. Maybe even next week we'll try and record one again. I think uh, we we explained in the last podcast that, you know, our adoption came through, my wife and I, our adoption came through, which was phenomenal. If you want to hear more about that, we did a podcast on a podcast called Haiti in Focus. And we talk about our adoption experience from Haiti just a little bit. And then last week when we would have recorded Thursday night, well, it was Trek night. So, and that was obviously to precedent over recording this podcast. And you're going to hear some clips. We actually did do some recording that night. Yes, we, we did. just didn't. We just didn't do it uh, here behind the mic, and, and nor did we present it um, as you, such. But you will get that tonight. Yeah, you will get at least clips of that tonight, and we look forward to bringing that. So that's why we haven't uh, been here for just a little bit. By the way. We've, we love the reviews and the feedback we've been hearing from the show. A lot of you have been uh, promoting us on Twitter. And, you know, you have to, I have to give a shout-out to, like, uh, uh, the, the Rooster, James Williams, and, uh, and, um, <coughs> and Wayne from Wayne's Taking the Fringe, all, all people that have kind of been touting us. And we're so, so thankful for that. And we're thankful also for the reviews you guys have given. By the way, if you have not checked us out, uh, we have new show art. So if you go to like our, our the web page at dining at the end of the dining at the end of the uh, you'll see a new header um, and you'll see a new logo for the actual podcast if you download it onto your uh, iPod, iTouch, or whatever medium you download that onto. Uh, and that comes courtesy of uh, Chris Rook from Dark Light Media. Dot com. And if you have any interest or need any podcast artwork or artwork for anything else, I would just recommend you giving this guy a call. You can visit the website and, uh, and get in touch with him. And he's just all around a really good guy and a fellow geek. And uh, so it's just kind of a, it's kind of real cool. So, good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into trivia, which okay. we were going to move into earlier. Do you want to give the trivia question? Yes. Uh, where did Siler get his name? Yeah, and we did this off of because two weeks ago we did the Heroes finale. Yes. And so this is kind of a, a spin-off of that. And um the answer to that was dun, 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 dun. he got it off of a watch. It was a name brand of the watch called Siler and right. he took it off there. And it's one of the very early, early episodes that they show that. Maybe some flashbacks, but but they definitely talk about that in their, one of the earliest episodes, and that yeah. was that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our trivia. And we'll give you a new trivia question at the end. Most likely it's going to be Star Trek related, being that we're going to be talking about Trek this week. Most but, likely. Uh, we'll go from there. Good deal. Uh, anything else we need to talk about regarding the show? No, let's just keep going. Yeah, definitely. Tons of stuff to cover this week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move into the news. In today's sci-fi news. All right. Well, um, looks like ABC is going to give us another show. It's called Flash Forward. And uh, ABC, if, you, if you're a Lost fan, you saw the promo um, recently. It's an upcoming um, sci-fi series. And uh, the show is based on Robert J. Sawyer's novel, Details with What Happens When Everyone on Earth Briefly Falls Unconscious at the Same Time for Two Minutes and 17 Seconds. During those moments, people see what happens to their lives six, six months in the future. Now, here's my question about the show, Miles. Two minutes, 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. Why that number? I, it, it just seems rather random and arbitrary. It does. It does. But then again, Douglas Adams did that with 42 being the answer to everything. Did you ever read any of the Douglas Adams novels? No, I haven't. You haven't. You have to. 
but I, I've, I've seen, you know, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. And that one is, uh, they actually mentioned that the answer to everything in the universe is 42. Yes. It is the answer. So, anyways, I, it, something, it certainly seems random. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Are you, gonna, you think you might watch a show? I will at least watch the pilot. I'll see. You know, yeah. Because um, we need some new, I mean, unfortunately, we've, some of our shows got canceled this year, so uh, yeah, and we're, we're not we're not uh, Terminator seems on the rocks. You know, I've actually heard uh, talk that it may not be officially canceled yet. Mm-hmm. Dollhouse, we will know by tomorrow, and it's unfortunate oh. we're actually recording now. Although we'll talk about Dollhouse a little bit later, but Josh Whedon was called in to present his second season, which, okay. as we said, is a good sign. Good. Um, so we might have Dollhouse coming back. We certainly have Heroes coming back. Right. Uh, what we don't know is coming back, and which seemed highly unlikely earlier on, and might be might be still unlikely, is a whole Terminator Chronicles, Sarakana Chronicles. So. That seemed well. I mean. I mean, I hope you're right that, 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 that they haven't put the nails in the coffin on that one. You know, I heard an interview with uh, Derek, the guy that plays Derek, uh, okay. Bruce something, something, the guy from 90210. Yeah, I forget his name too. Yeah, I should, but I never watched two, uh, 90210 or whatever it's called. And uh, But he was on Geek Out Loud, a oh. podcast called Geek Out Loud. Have you ever listened to it? No, that's the first time I've okay. heard it. Well, he's on it in one of the most recent interviews, the interview him, and he is a Star Wars geek. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. You really got to listen to the interview. He's I'll funny. Um, but he said, you know, the problem with canceling Sarakana Chronicles, mm-hmm. there's two problems uh, from a practical standpoint, not from the storyline, is number one, you need to have something to fill that slot. Right. And number two, advertisers will still paying uh, to, to air that show. Mm-hmm. And if the advertisers stay and if they have nothing to fill the slot, you know, what, whatever the ratings are, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a chance it could be brought back. And that was that. That was his. That was his take on it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's a little bit of hope. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe weak, but certainly some hope. We'll maybe fool's it. hope. But well, then I would just you know encourage you know the listeners out there uh, write to Fox, email them, call them, whatever. If you want, you know, to keep Terminator, uh, it, it's not too late. Yeah. At least we hope it's not too late. Right. Yeah. They might make the decision here in the next day or two, but. They say most of the fall lineup will be decided in the next day or two. Okay. That's what I heard. Rumors. Mm-hmm. Unsubstantiated, but rumors. But but anyway, so that – I believe that's all the news. I don't have any other news. I kind of kept it light this week because we're going to be talking about a ton of other stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't really been checking things out much yeah. either because yep. of uh, – All right. Also- So I am on my way right now to see Star Trek The Reboot. Real excited, stoked about it. Uh, actually, I'm in my car on my way to pick up my brother, the guy who did the mashup uh, the other week. And uh, and then we're going to be going to the theater to meet Miles. I fully expect Miles to be dressed in his Princess Leia metal bikini. <clears throat> Anyways. Oh, wrong movie. Well, Whatever. We're going to see him there, uh, and there might be a few other people that we'll be talking to. We'll see. We might try to get some interviews there outside the theater before and after. We'll see what happens. Anyways, uh, I'll check in later. Bye. All 
right, so we are here at Star Trek. We are 45 minutes early, and Miles, tell me about the lines. Oh man, it's overwhelming. It's just, there's there's people dressed up and yeah. There's hey, there's spots. <laughs> yep, it, it is pretty pretty dang incredible. Is that a stormtrooper uh, I see whipping myself? Yeah, Miles, I fully expected you to be here in your metal bikini, but well, uh, wrong, wrong movie, wrong movie. And the wife, the wife uh, had something to say about that. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> she won't let you be seen out in public. Correct. Correct, correct. With that, with that. Wait, 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 wait. I see, I, I see. Look. Oh, there you go. There, there you go. I, there's, there's Spock. There's Spock, Spock and there's a young lady in a uh, red shirt. Very, very, very cool. She made it through the movie, apparently. Yeah, yeah, she survived. Well, let's, uh, so we went to the theater, Miles. Yes, let's we talk did. about that. Well, um, I, w- I was a little underwhelmed by yeah, the amount of people say, that were there. Underwhelmed. You know, we got there, how, we got there about, as if we said, about 45 minutes early, right? Well, I, I was there 15 minutes before you were. So. Yeah, so I mean, so about an hour. We were yeah. out mm-hmm. at an hour early. Right. And, and it was empty. It was, it was very long. I was expecting this to be like Star Wars. You know, you go and it's the lines out the wazoo and mm-hmm. people are dressed to the hilt, which there were some people, but it, you know, overall pretty empty. Yeah, the you know, here in our area at least. Right, because if, I mean, nationwide though, um, it was, a, you know, it was very, it did extremely well. Just maybe in our area, it just was light for whatever reason. Well, and, and this was Thursday night. So I think Friday was really the official open. That that could be, and that could be also the part of it that people are thinking. Well, we'll go see it Friday. It opens Friday, so and I, I, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, if anything, there were midnight showings, and there were no midnight showings where we were at. Mm-hmm. They were showing them at half an hour intervals from six o'clock on, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty sparse. So, I, but I wondered then if business picked up on Friday at the theater we saw it. Yeah, at. and we didn't go back. Although we would have loved to. We oh didn't, yeah, we didn't. We didn't go back to really see see what it was like. But it's just interesting. I was expecting there was a lot of heightened buzz, okay. and I was expecting that with the number of people that would turn out to be to, to like a Star Wars movie uh, that we didn't get a lot of those crossovers into Star Trek. Uh, and I don't know, maybe there's, and I've never examined this, but do you think there is a lot of crossover between the two people? Or do people tend to be, oh, I'm a Star Wars person, and oh, I'm a Trekkie? I mean, is there, is there that separation? Probably, I think what often the case is uh, Star Wars fans are not real big Star Trek fans. However, Star Trek fans like Star Wars also. I mean, they're, it's... Um, it's a, I know it sounds, sounds a little unusual, but those who like Star Trek also like Star Wars, but those who are just diehard Star Wars fans, not as into Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and there's a, uh, I think Star Wars has held up a little bit maybe better over the time than as far as some of the campiness. I mean, there's some of that when you get into New Hope, but but really over, over time you don't have the campiness of the old original stuff. I mean, there's been newer shows on, but mm-hmm. you just haven't had the same, they haven't achieved the same popularity as the original. And with, with Star Wars, it, the, the only medium, it, well, the only medium, it's the main medium for that has been the movies. True, and that is, that is, that is a major difference. So is, for yeah. fans, I mean... I don't really count the things that have been on TV. Well, with the exception of uh, the Clone Wars, I mean that that that's been pretty good. But stuff from before that is you know 
from Saturday morning cartoons to whatever. It's just not really. Yeah, would they have droids for a while that was out? They and, had droids. And, and they, uh, had a, they had an Ewoks adventure thing, you yeah. know, cute and cuddly Ewoks. Um, so, yeah, some of those things that didn't mm-hmm. do well. Did, for, you ever, did you ever see the Star Wars Christmas special? I own it. Uh, it's, oh. um, I uh, got a copy of it at a sci-fi convention years ago. And I, as, as a child, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Oh, it is. But uh, you watch it now, and it's... It doesn't hold up. It's a, it's it's a, it's one that Lucas never talks about, too. Yes, the only redeeming value this thing has is it has a animated short in it about uh, you see the introduction of Boba Fett, and then so that, that's that's kind of cool. But um, but but when you compare both genres, Star Trek has been on the TV. You know, had yeah. a show in, it had a show back in back in the sixties, and then back in the eighties, you had Star Trek Next Gen, and it kept going on through. Yeah. You know, the 80s and 90s into the early 21st century. Um, Star Wars, you know, mainly just just the movies. So Star Trek may be a little more saturated as far as uh, the mediums go. Yeah, and that's true. That's true. But anyways, that was our impression. And, uh, I mean, we had a good time and all, but we got great seats in the theater. Oh, uh, oh, oh, absolutely. And I don't how many people were in our theater? About 30 max? Yeah, yeah, there wasn't that many. Yeah, Um, it was... It was pre- it was pretty it was pretty empty, but but anyways. But know. I mean, but, but besides the turnout, I mean, still had a great time. I mean, I saw some people in costume, uh, so they they were there to have a good time, and uh, some people we talked to. Um, I mean, and, and and the listeners will hear this. I mean, the feedback has been been very positive. Yeah. What is um, now? We're going to hear uh, uh, from a guy in a, a moment talking about his hopes mm-hmm. going into the theater. What were some of your expectations going in? If you can separate yourself from now having mm-hmm. seen the movie, but going in, what were you hoping out of that movie? Um, I, I guess uh, that with all the hype and everything, would it still tell a good story and would it still be Star Trek? I mean, I know that they, they, they were going to make, make some changes that would deviate from what I was used to. But right. was, with would it still hold up in my mind? Would I st- would I still be able to accept the changes that was going to be uh, brought forth? Because uh, there 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 has been some changes with this. But the way I look at this is, it is a reboot, but it's also still a continuation of Star Trek. Um, I, I see it. As, it's a time travel story, but I see it as a parallel universe splitting off from the prime universe, and so this gives. Um, the writers, uh, with 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 the characters from the original series, a, a clean slate um, to do whatever they want. They're not just bound by what has already been established already. They can um, tell some new stories, have some new adventures, and so was that that, that those are my expectations. Would I be able to yeah. accept the changes right. that, that were going to be there? And, and and I found you know, I mean, I'm not, I won't give all my impressions and thoughts, but at least on that level, I was able to. You were able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, for me, I didn't have the attachment. I mean, I've watched, as we talked about before, I've, I've watched some of the Star Trek shows. I watched most of the movies. And and so I was looking for someone that had these familiar characters and something that would tell a good story and entertain me. Mm-hmm. And I felt on all levels, Star Trek, Star Trek did carry that out for me, especially in the casting of the characters. Right. I was very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. and pleased with that. But all right, well, I want to play a clip from another guy. And this guy, talk about this guy. We're going to play. He's the guy that was uh, 
about six foot eight or something like that, and uh, dressed in full uniform, going into the theater. Uh, was that the guy with the in, the, in the, the with the with the kids that were with him? In the blue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what what was he dressed as? Well, he he had on a Star Trek Next Generation um, Starfleet costume, and uh, in in the in, in the in the in the sciences and medical. That's sort of, so. Okay. Um, so, anyways, this is his take on it. Can't wait to see this movie. This is going to be awesome, and uh, very excited. Saw the preview from Lost, and uh, was real excited by that. Just totally blown away. So, you're an Abrams fan? Oh yeah, uh, most absolutely. Of us. You watch Fringe too? No, nope. not Fringe. No, nope, not Fringe. I've seen that. All right, and uh, how long have you been a Trekkie? Long as I can remember, from back in the '60s. Back in the '60s, yeah. the diehard. Yeah. So, we're just hoping for good things out of this movie, huh? Absolutely. So that was his. That was his take going in, and we actually did not get to talk to him after the the show. But he was in our theater then, right? And uh, so that was just another impression, another so, another someone that was planning to go in into his impressions of what he was hoping to see. And this guy was a longtime fan. I mean, oh he was, yeah, uh, probably in his late forties or so. Yeah, maybe early, even early fifties. Maybe even early fifties. So I mean, he said he he watched it back in the sixties. So uh, yeah, so that says something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even think Wayne did that. We're going to hear from Wayne a little bit later, but he said he's watched most of the old stuff up to the new, and uh, he really he really uh, enjoyed it from that point of view. Mm-hmm. So, Well, let's talk. So we're in the theater. We watch this thing. Right. What are your thoughts as this is coming on, as this is playing? Well, it, it was, you know, I, I had goosebumps when I first started, when, when, when I first started seeing it, and then I saw the USS Kelvin, the ship that had... Uh, uh, Jim Kirk's uh, father on it, um, right? And and, um, and then you see the Romulan ship, the main antagonist, um, going against it. So just you know, it, the action started right away. Um, and I, I, that's one thing that, that this film had a very good pace. I mean, yes, it didn't feel like it drug a lot of places. No, I don't. I mean, two hours, and it was just like, wow, it's over. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I was hoping for more. So, I mean, I, I'm hoping that there's some, you know, when the DVDs come out, that there's some good deleted scenes. Yeah, or some extra, maybe they do an extended edition or something. Right. Yeah, you know what? My impressions of it were about the same. I really, really love this film. I think of the films that I've watched um, and of the movies I've watched in the past half a year, this has to be the top one. Uh I don't know if it is if it is my top because I think Dark Knight comes pretty close. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that movie, but I loved this movie. It was a, it was if I were to rate my Star Trek movies, and I maybe I'll get hate mail for this, but I think it has to be one of the top. Yes, I mean, uh, there, I mean, I, I love the Star Trek movies, but I'll be honest, there are some ones that definitely fell short, right? Um, especially the last two Star Trek movies, I thought. They would have made good TV episodes, but they weren't great movies at all. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed those in this year. I saw them like Nemesis and mm-hmm. uh, what was it? Generations was the other one. Uh, gener- it was yeah. The next generation had Generations. It had um, First Contact, which is probably their best one and most well known one, most successful one at the box office. And then after that was uh, Insurrection and Nemesis. And- oh yeah, First Contact was good. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best. You know, that, yeah. But this 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 one definitely. It's up um, there. It, it's de- in, in Star Trek movies. It's definitely up there. As one and it's going to be up there from the financial end of things, is the way it looks. Yeah. What, what did it earn its first uh, weekend? First weekend, um, uh, yeah, seventy uh, seventy nine point two million. Um, uh, just just incredible. 
So uh, that, that, that sends a very strong message to the uh, powers that be in Hollywood. That right. People want Star Trek again. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it, and it really... It really held together well. It was. It seemed accessible to people that were not Trekkies. You did not have to walk in there being a Trekkie or even really a sci-fi geek to go in there and understand what's going on. No, I mean it was. I mean the the trailers showed a very, very action-packed, very fun movie, and that's um, some 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 of Star Trek movies, you know. Didn't 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 have that, and didn't, and so it didn't appeal to a wider audience. This one. Abrams and his team were very smart. All they, right, they had a large <laughs> audience um, with this movie. So, um, it, which is good. It, it'll give it the reboot and breathe new life into the franchise that it needed for so long. Right, right. And so, I think that, that I mean, I think that that that's good. Well, let's hear from uh, the people that we interviewed before we went in that had seen the show. These guys were also dressed up as. Um, you had pictures of them. We're going to try and throw these up on the page just so you can we, see them. We met a couple, a, um, a guy dressed up in it. They're both dressed up in the original series costumes. A uh, guy was dressed up in a, in a blue medical sciences, and his girlfriend was dressed up in, within a, in one of the red miniskirts. Right, right. Right. So we're here with Nathan, Nathan, Katie Ann, and you guys just got out of the Star Trek movie. And you guys are dressed the part, at least some of you here, right? Yeah. And you're dressed as? Uh, well, I'm just a science officer. Just a science officer. Hey, hey, you're with this crew. Yeah. Amanda, I know this girl. <laughs> I taught her. You did not. I did her. Oh, I did. That's right. No. You just hung out in my homeroom. Yeah, I just hung That's out right. in your classroom. Anyways, tell me what you thought. I'm going to say it was the best trek ever. Best trek ever. Wow. Wow. And your thoughts? It was better than I expected, and I expected it to be good. Very nice. Very nice. What was your favorite part? <laughs> Hard to say. The entire say, thing. No. I would say when the Enterprise comes in and uh, shoots down all the missiles. Oh, very, very cool. Very cool. I like the interaction between Spock and Kirk. Cool, cool. Any the, thoughts? The, the character conversion from the old series to this, I think yeah. they picked the right actors who could handle the roles. I don't think they went over the top. They put enough the old dialogue in to make it feel like home but uh, yeah this I really hope they continue making with this series of actors I think they did a really nice handoff they fixed everything that uh, really Rick Berman broke uh, in so many of the, the series so hopefully uh, they'll keep this team and, and just continue on because it's really now do you know are the actors slated to continue are they signed on like for a three picture deal or something I haven't heard anything I just you know Miles so. I do not know for sure yeah that would you know, they, they typically do that, but from what I hear from the way Abrams works, he pretty much is a type of guy that works as uh, wait till we see the bottom line, like yeah. how much money they pull in, right. and then they'll go from there. Uh, but I think any of the actors and, and production team would be completely foolish not to, because I think this is going to just rake in the money. So. Very, very cool. Any thoughts, Amanda? <laughs> of course. That's like the best part, right? Yeah, 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 yeah there, there you go. Yeah. Well, we're going to be seeing it at 10 o'clock. So. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that they were talking about that they really enjoyed. Right. Now, he, of course, we just got done talking about, is this the best Trek ever? Mm-hmm. Is there any reason that it wouldn't be? And we'll get into some of our criticisms of it, but is there any reason that you would say just off the bat that this wouldn't be the best Trek ever? I, I, I don't know if I would call it the best Trek ever. I think it's very good Trek. Um and I'm, I'm can accept this, 
but you know, I think the Wrath of Khan, it, it might, the Wrath of Khan might be the, one of the best. Um, the Voyage Home, um, the Undiscovered Country, which is the last with the original crew, those were phenomenal Star Trek movies. Um, so I mean, and, and the way I, I mean, I usually look at Star Trek as a whole. So um, even though some of the movies weren't the best, um, but the, those are the ones that stand out. And I think the ones I mentioned stand out among the fans as the better ones. Also. Um, uh, First Contact with with Next Gen that stands out as uh, mm. one of the, one of the mm. better Star Trek movies. So I don't know if it's it's the very best, but it's very good. I mean, I, I, but it's very good Star Trek at the very least. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it could definitely be up there as one of the better ones. And yeah. um, so and and then, and, I, and 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 after seeing, it, I'm optimistic they could they could probably still put out some good good Star Trek movies with yeah. this with this crew. Now, what do you think about the, uh, they mentioned also the interaction between Spock and Kirk. Taste. We've got to risk a full power start. The engines were shut off. No time to regenerate. Do you hear me? We've got to risk a full power start. I did my father, our customs. I was ashamed of my earth. Jim, when I feel friendship for you, I'm ashamed. You've got to hear me. We need a formula. We've got to risk implosion. Never been done. Understand, Jim. Spend a whole lifetime learning to hide my feelings. Let's talk about that a little bit as part of the show. Well, the, I mean, this this is it is a it, it, it's the beginning of something. So it's the begin, first time you see Kirk and Spock together interacting, and it's. Not the friendship you saw in the TV series and the movies. It was um, the relationship was was a little bit adversarial to say the least at first, right. and um, which I I kind of liked. I mean, I liked this whole adversarial relationship. The fact that Spock's struggling throughout right. it, and, and Kirk's kind of uh, being Kirk. Kirk Kirk is being Kirk, but he you know it's it's almost he's being more Kirk than Kirk was. Um, right. be, um, both both of them have suffered. Um, uh, immense tragedies. Um, Kirk, you know, Kirk's father was not supposed to be. Kirk, he was supposed to have his father throughout his life and probably uh, help ground him more. But he didn't have his father throughout his life, and so more of the wild recklessness came out. And for Spock, um, well, later in the movie, he will suffer. You know, the tragedy by losing his mother and then you know, losing his whole world mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know most of his people. So. Um, so both of these characters are a little more damaged than their, their original series counterparts right. are. Yeah, but I thought this brought a depth of character that you did not see in some of the original series. True. Uh, because uh, suddenly you, you understand why they are the way they are. You understand Spock's struggle. You understand uh, Kirk and the, what makes him who he is, really. Mm-hmm. His reckless abandon and his, you know, throwing himself in the face of adversity and, you know, all caution to the wind type of attitude that he, this whole cavalier attitude that he's running with, right? Right, right. Uh, and so, I, I, you know, I don't think this was a bad thing. I think this was a very good thing. And, you know, here we're seeing the beginning, probably the earliest, you know, as far as the timeline goes, we ever see a Trek story, right? Yeah, this is, this takes place, um, you know, how many how many years prior? To Pro, they, I think I remember they say like twenty two fifty eight. I mean, we we could get you know really technical with the, with the years and everything like that. But as far as with Kirk and Spock, that's the earliest we've seen them right um, interact together. Um, and we never saw them on the TV show 
in the in their academy days. So this right. is going back to their academy days. Until right then. now, is there a a canon, or is there lore or books that have been written about the academy days? Oh yes, there have. Um, but the books, I mean, this is the way the the Paramount, you know, and the, the producers have said about as far as what is canon and what is not. If it's on screen, it's canon. The books, although as good as they can be, they're just stories based on Star Trek. They're not canon. Yeah. And that's probably what uh, that's probably the way Lucas has to view some of his stuff too. When you talk about Star Wars, because he didn't follow some of the the written canon as no. he went back, and that's just I mean, this is real. I mean, there's only so much canon you can follow if you want to have some creative license to make a movie, right? Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's at least my take on it. I, yeah. You know. And, and the book, you, you know, you may want to go a totally different direction. The books have went into and sometimes the books may not you know whatever sci-fi genre it is may not even agree with each other so you right, can't right you know you can't look at the, the books as, as as canon i mean i i read the books as you know a lot but and i enjoy them for what they are but i realize the tv the tv show or movie could take a totally different direction right this. yeah so what so what is canon it's a big question here and you know whatever we we we, we enjoyed the interaction between Scott uh, Scott yeah Spock and Scotty too but well, we, but, yeah, uh, but, but Spock and Kirk were really good. What did you think um, about the interaction between Spock and uh, who's the uh, who's the African American girl? Oh, um, Ahura. Ahura. Yeah. The interaction between Spock and Ahura. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that. I mean, uh, I, I've been doing some reading on the boards, and there's. Um, a lot of the fans are not. Now these are Star Trek fans, um, so it's, a lot of them are not receptive to the relationship between Spock and Uhura because uh, there's ne- there was never any hint of it in, in in the original series or movies. But also the fact that Spock is supposedly an Academy instructor and Uhura is a student, so it's like there's this whole ethical thing of there you know, is. And so it's like, like this is not something Spock. They don't see this as something Spock would do. Well, not to mention it's a change that that is a change from the original story. I mean, this was Kirk and her. Well, they, they never had a well. They had the first interracial kiss, right? But they were never, but they were never together, right? And this kind of suggests that they are some Spock and or are somehow together. Yeah, that, that, uh, so, and, and I have another problem. I mean, Spock who's supposed to be so detached from his emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, has this emotional relationship with this woman that he loves. Mm-hmm. Now they kind of break that down by the end, but earlier on, before he's even, you know, in touch with his, his emotions, he's kind of fallen head over heels. Right. Well, I mean, the the uh, we could kind of get hints from the original that Spock was more, little more emotionally conflicted, less in control of his emotions. If you look at the old pilot, um, the cage. Is actually, and, it, and it's just because they just did develop his character, but because it's on screen, it's canon. Spock is actually smiling at something, and he's just in that episode. He, he's not typical Spock in that episode. So, if we look at that as canon, which we, you know, which I think the producers would, then we say, well, Spock's character, you know, was not as emotionally controlled right. at that time. That that, that he wasn't in later episodes. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I think the fans who are just people come to see the movie, I, they probably did to appeal to. There needs to be some romance, right? Right. And I mean, Kirk's romance is what was the green, the green girl. Yeah, the green the gr- girl. The green girl. Mm-hmm. The hot green chick or whatever. Yes, the, Orion, the Orion girl. Yeah. 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 So I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. That was just some of my thoughts on that. And anything else that they said in the when they were commenting that you want to talk about? Um, 
Bob they were talking. What, what were they talking about, uh, Bobby? Oh well, well, the one guy commented um, about um, you know Rick Berman and Brandon Bragg. I take a lot of um, flack for you know Star Trek. Um, well, and basically not surviving um, when 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 they, when they stopped uh, filming Enterprise back in two thousand five. And some of that may be justified. Um, I mean, so they were the they were the producers of Enterprise. Yeah, they they inherited. Well, Rick Berman inherited from uh, Gene Roddenberry back in. You know, Gene Roddenberry was the executive producer for Star Trek: Next Generation, and then he you know slowly started letting Rick Berman take over. And then Roddenberry died back in the early nineties. Um, right. So, so Berman became the, the heir of, of of all that Star Trek at the time. Right. And so. Um, so there's been some criticism that he didn't stick with Roddenberry's vision because it got a little more militaristic and dark. Although I kind of liked, you know, I mean, I, I like what Roddenberry did. He came with a good story, but I don't know if he would have been able to sustain the story. Uh, I thought so. So, so some of the ju- some of it is maybe some of it is justified, but some of it's not because they gave us seven years of Star Trek: Next Generation, seven years of Deep Space Nine, seven years of Voyager. Um, and four years of Enterprise, um, and that's a lot of Trek. That's a lot of Trek for you know since you know since the, the, the late '80s to you know early 2000. I mean, Star Trek has been in some incarnation been on the air, and, and there's been movies in between, right? Uh, but the you know some but but have but some but they, they, some of the movies have fallen short of expectations, when, right? Um, so it, it's it's mixed. I I, I I agree with him to a point that. Um, that 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 they they kind of lost their um, way with the franchise, which I thought was good. That J.J. Abrams and his team um, they get, they gave the ball to, to him to do because I, I think it needed some new blood to um, to start new, start anew. I mean, it, it, you know, sometimes things have to change or they'll die. And so right, uh, right. Um, Abram, I thought Abrams did a good job of um, of uh, uh, Star Trek did need a reboot. Right. Didn't need a reboot. Mm-hmm. Well, let's listen to Wayne talk about his impression of going to see uh, Star Trek. And then we can get into some of the nuts and bolts of what we particularly liked and maybe some of the things that we weren't so crazy about. Okay. Hey, Scott. This is Wayne Henderson over at the Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast, as well as the Wasp Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast at MediaVoiceOvers.com. Wanted to call in. Uh, because saw Star Trek last weekend, and it was amazing. I was thoroughly blown away. I mean, I've been totally geeked up for it for months, you know, from watching the trailers and everything, because I watched, you know, the original Star Trek on TV with Kirk and Spock, not live. That It was before my time. I did see it in reruns, you know, after school every day. But I just thought they did a phenomenal job of taking all of the classic pieces of the original Star Trek, the characters, the, their mannerisms, the things they would say and how they would interact, and then blending it into the new high-tech, uh, shiny J.J. Abrams vision of Star Trek. And then, of course, you bring in things like time travel, like we've seen on Lost quite a bit lately, and, and uh, things like that in alternate timelines, time and it just makes it even cooler. So... I highly recommend uh, the new Star Trek movie from J.J. Abrams. Just a great, enjoyable ride. I can't wait to see it again at least one more time on the big screen. In fact, thinking about going to see it on IMAX and seeing it on the really big screen. 
it's uh, just super cool. A few little lost shout-outs on there, like the uh, first ship called Kelvin, I think named after uh, the guy that was in the hatch when uh, Desmond first arrived on Lost, and kind of some stuff like that. Not to mention in this past week's episode of Fringe, the season finale, uh, Clint Howard, uh, Ron Howard's brother, plays that guy that they go visit at his apartment, and he claims to be Spock, and he talks about Romulans from the future coming back and changing the timeline, which was taken right from this movie. Perfect timing, great show. Get your popcorn ready and enjoy Star Trek. This is Wayne. We'll talk to you later, Scott. All right, so, uh, you know, uh, some good thoughts there. He obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously loved the show. Uh, I want to talk about a few things he said. Kelvin, mm-hmm. all right, name of the ship. Does that have any reference in Star Trek canon at all? Um, there was a race of beings from, this is from the original series, um, a, ba- a race of beings from the Andromeda Galaxy. They call themselves the Kelvins. Okay, so whether or not the, the ship is paying homage to that or because it's J.J. Abrams paying homage to the guy that was killed in the cockpit and mm-hmm. lost, yeah, neither here nor there. Right. And there may be a little bit of both for Abrams. It could you be, know, yeah. Because I'm sure there was, there was more to that. He mentioned, and you did not see this fringe because this – he called it the finale, but it was really the first part of the finale if you view the finale as a okay. two-parter for fringe. Uh but Clint Howard was in there, and they talk about basically they lift it from the script a day or two before <laughs> uh, at Air Fringe, and then you know two days later we're in line to see Trek, and it's the same thing. Right. Uh, so it was it was it was kind of cool. It mm-hmm. was it was uh, was a cool. And, they, and he mentioned nailing the characters. How did you feel about the characters? Let's talk about the characters. Let's use this as, as a springboard to kind of get into our talk about the casting of it. What they hit, what they didn't, and maybe they cast them better. Let's talk. Um, I have re- no real complaints about how they casted. Uh, you feel they nailed people almost dead on? Yeah, I, I think they de- they have. Um, uh, Zachary Quinto looks like Leonard. I mean, there is some resemblance between him and Leonard Nimoy to begin with. So um, his voice is a little higher, but who cares? Um, he, right. He, I thought you know he was he, he was Spock. Um, he, and, and, I, and I believed him as Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a little bit more of an action-oriented Spock. We saw a little bit more action from Spock than maybe we usually do. Right. Um, and, and it's because I mean, there's a difference between Gene Roddenberry and Abrams. I mean, there's some action, but um, Roddenberry was a little more cerebral, I think, with uh, right. how he told his and story. And I hear, I hear that when I hear people talk about the older track, that it was much more intellectual than maybe some of the – maybe Abrams is. Right. But yeah. I think but I, I think it's a good what, – what, what Abrams did was a good balance. Right. Um, but what's getting a lot of press among Star Trek fans who did like the movie, um, the uh, Simon Pegg's um, McCoy – uh, no, Simon Pegg, Scotty. Oh, well, yeah. they, people love that. I thought that was good too. Right. Um, I mean, he was good. You know, he wasn't seen as much. And I mean, but well, he actually had a fairly small role. Yeah. Compar- comparatively. Right. So uh, hopefully, in the next film, it'll be a little bigger. But, but some great lines like "I'm giving it all I got." Yeah, you there know, was that, some homage to the. Original. Oh my word! And so much though, so. and it, it was really, it was really good. And the tribble. Yeah, the, the tribble. tribble, and what there was this like little Ewok. Yeah, was there was Ewok. Ewok or a person from the cantina in Star Wars with the little eyes that moved back and forth. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know, one of the Star Wars creatures. There Anyways, has to, there has to be some cute little figure for the kids yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's what that's basically what it's in there for. But he's with McCoy, and McCoy did a great uh, McCoy. Carl uh, Urban, yeah, the guy that played Shaun of the Dead, or you know, so Scotty does a great job as yeah. his role. Uh, but let's talk about Bones. I've been hearing a lot about Bones. Bones got a lot of airtime. Yeah, he got a lot of airtime, and and I, you know, he was always one of these characters on Star Trek that I kind of yeah didn't pay much attention to. Mm-hmm. They kind of made him into a major character here, but he almost stole the show. I mean, yeah, he in, did in this film. I mean, uh, people say, and I, I mean, he almost channeled DeForest Kelly when he was playing him. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't imitating him, but it was just. I mean, he made McCoy his own, but it, it felt like, it, but at the same time, it felt like McCoy from the the, the original. I mean, uh, so uh, he 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 did he nailed it. I thought. Oh, I loved it. It was great, and uh, you know. And uh, and just uh, the, the entire character was believable, believable to me, and I loved the way he interacted with uh, Kirk and yeah, their I, friendship. I wasn't aware that they had such a friendship, right? And, and maybe that maybe that was established in the series, and I just never paid attention to it. You knew they had it, but it, what you didn't know how far back it went. Okay. And so th- what this movie does is it establishes it. Uh, they go to the academy together. You, you know how. Um, how, how McCoy got the name Bones? Uh, he oh, says yeah. his, wife, his ex-wife took everything, but you know his bones, and yeah. uh, and he's fleeing to Starfleet just to get away from her and his right, right. bad bad situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so very cool. What, what about Kirk? Let's talk about Kirk. Uh, I think Chris Pine um, did a respectable job. He did a very respectable job. Um, you know, it's uh, like, like I said, he, he just seems, you know. I mean, we see the reckless, uh, abandoned Kirk right now, and um, maybe that'll be tempered more in the next film. It's just, you know, Kirk was always very brave and very, you know, as you would say, he would leap where angels fear to tread. But um, this is almost, you know, this is going to sound critical, but almost Kirk on crack. I mean, just... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm just... just uh, he, he captured the mannerisms. Like when he's sitting there in the chair, yeah, I'm like believe I'm believing it. I'm believing that that's Kirk. Well, yeah, and he has this, the way he's sitting there. He has his hand out. It's like there's that's the way Shatner had it when he played it on you know yeah on TV series. Um, and the whole Kobayashi Maru thing was uh, was great. Also, um, he's uh, for those you know you know th- there's a simulator that they, they reference Kobayashi Maru from uh, the Wrath of Khan. Which is a okay. simulator that all the command cadets have to do, and um, he hijacks it. He, he reprograms it so he can beat the scenario. Nobody's supposed to win. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a test of your character. See how you will handle the situation. It's a no-win scenario. But um, in 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 Wrath of Khan, uh, he reprograms it. I mean, yes, he cheated, but he got a accommodation for original thinking. Um, and so it's it's interesting that just before. They deploy, start you know Starfleet. He, he's in a hearing um, because he cheated on the Kobayashi removal. Right, but uh, he, it's it, what what maybe some people didn't get was as he's sitting in the command chair eating an apple. In Rathacon, I believe he is talking about his experiences about the Rathak about the, about the Kobayashi Maru uh, um, thing, and he's eating an apple too. So it's just you know. Oh, so some nice throwback to that. Yeah, yeah. Some nice throwback to that. That's mm-hmm. that's 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 really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Admiral Pike. Does yeah. he does he ever make an appearance anywhere in Star Trek canon? A- absolutely. He was the original captain of the Enterprise in the um, um, 
in the pilot. It was called the Cage, and it was origi- he was he was going to be the captain. And, and CBS saw it, and they thought, nah, they they didn't like. It. I mean, had potential. We don't care for the captain. We don't care for the female first officer, and they didn't care for the guy with the pointy ears. Well, Rodberry said, okay, I'm keeping Spock, but. They, they auditioned for another captain. So, you know, Pike is part of Star Trek lore. Okay, so he is, he is in there. So that was a nice throwback. And even uh, even the dog apparently is in that lore somewhere, right? Which dog? Didn't he have a dog that was kind of also part of that lore? I don't know. Um, now, there is a reference to the dog. Um, they do play a little homage to, to, to Enterprise where um, Scotty says he had uh, beamed Adam Marcher's beloved dog and it didn't come back um, <laughs> okay so uh, so maybe there's a little bit of a reference there or right. something like that but the cool thing I do with Pike is I mean Pike makes two appearances in Star Trek the, the, the pilot episode and they do another follow up episode um, where Spock is on trial it's not the actor playing Pike it's an act what happens is Pike he ends up in an accident on a ship because he's rescuing cadets but in, in the process he gets badly burned and he's ended up as a paralytic and he's in a wheelchair um, Which they kind of make reference to again. Well, at the end of the film, you see him sitting in a wheelchair. Um, it, it's sort of, you know, kind of, you know, homage to what, what happened there. Uh, and I, Brentwood Smith, I think is the actor's name, played Pike. Yeah, I don't know, but he did a great job. He did a fabulous job yeah, playing I lo- Pike. Yeah, I loved him as Pike. But the, the, the original actor who played uh, Pike, he actually played um, Jesus Christ in that movie King of Kings back in the 60s. Oh, so okay. he, and, and he's been in the John Wayne movie. Um, before. So he, he's had, you know he he's had a good career, also. Yeah, who who am I missing? The uh, the Russian guy. Oh, uh, Chekhov. Chekhov, yeah. Um, and uh, so and, and the uh, and the other guy that fences. Oh, Sulu. Sulu, yeah. Okay, so these two. Uh, I thought I thought when you if you talk about Kirk on crack, this was Sulu on crack. Yeah. Because because you know I mean you see Sulu fence. Mm-hmm. But you never see him fence like this. No, not like this is, you know, I'm sure... This is the Matrix meets, uh, you know, Star Trek. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, George Takei would have probably loved to have done this. But, um, yeah, the, the John Cho, I think is the actor's name. Yeah, um, I think you're probably right. A uh, guy from um, uh, Harry and Kumar go to... Uh, that's Podcast right, and, that's right, that's right. But, I didn't uh, know that. No, he played a good pseudo. And, uh, yeah, I, I liked him. Mm-hmm. And, and and the kid who they got played Chekhov, I thought. Um, and it was small, small role there, but. But uh, you know, he did a pretty good job. Um, so yeah, I thought you know, I, I thought the, the people they got to play these characters was good. I know some of the criticism is some of these people weren't seen yet, but you know, folks, I mean, this is this is a reboot. Um, yeah. When in, 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 oh, you mean they weren't seen this early in the series? Yeah, yeah, Chekhov. Uh, yeah, but you expect these characters to be there. But it's part of you know, it's yeah. That, that's what, exactly. I mean, the, these are the characters. Everybody, most people, even if they're not familiar with Star Trek, they kind of know who these characters right. are. So, and I would like you're telling me this. I was I would have thought, and I never watched way back at the beginning of the, when Trek started. Mm-hmm. Like I never saw the cage, right? Is that what it was called? That was the. Pro- I, I never saw that, so I like I don't know what the characters I'm expecting, but I'm expecting to see these characters in the show, right? But is there anyone else notable that we should be talking about? Let's see. We talked about. Uh, uh, we talked about the main the main crew, I think. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about Spock yet himself. Old oh, Spock. Oh, old anymore? Yeah. But um, and we do have to talk about that. In fact, why don't we just talk about it now? Your okay. thoughts on Leonard Nimoy? Um, I. I th- his, he didn't have oh, a, little halo green. Yeah, heavens uh, opened up. No, go ahead. And all the geeks are uh, drooling, having, having a reaction. Right, um, no male reaction. Yes, <laughs> but uh, uh, 
he didn't have a huge he didn't have a huge amount of screen time in it, but I think the, the screen time he had was, was good. Um, I think uh, um, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, if he did, I think if he would have had a lot of screen time, it would have upstaged the other actors. And it was he was he was kind of passing the torch. But he had a lot of screen time, more than I thought he was going to. Really? Okay. I, I mean, I, at least I thought. I mean, they bring him in numerous times there at the end. It was interesting that they had him meet himself. Yeah. Well, I only saw him only two times. The one time he's on, he he saves Kirk from that that thing that was going to eat him. And then, right. then, then at the end, we saw him um, meet his younger self. Well, didn't he help McCoy, uh, Scotty, reprogram something? Yeah, that was the same scene. That was where they, you know, he and Kirk go to where Scotty is at that base to reprogram oh. the transporter to. Oh, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, so not a lot of screen time, but I think what, what was there was good. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I, I would hold out some hope. Maybe he would. Possibly he could make it in the next film because he stays, he you know he stays on twenty third, the twenty third century yeah. universe because he's going to try to help his you know because Vulcan gets destroyed which shocked the heck out oh, of him. oh yeah because he's uh, starting a outpost yeah he's going to get a colony just for so you know basically help keep the Vulcan race you know alive and going because uh, there's only about maybe ten thousand Vulcans left um, yeah yeah uh, that that was a big you know that was a big depart well. Vulcan still was a part important part of the Star Trek mythos that continued on throughout the whole. Okay, so this is a this is a departure. This is a departure, but it still gives them some int- you know in- interesting ways to tell the story. I mean, right? Like, right. I mean, and with Spock, I mean, did it upset you that Vulcan was destroyed? It was, <laughs> it was, but um, I, I, I kind of understand it. I mean, it it it, it, it does add the, the the tragic element. To, to it, um, and and you rescue the high council for the most part. Yeah, he rescues you know a lot, a lot of these elders, but yeah. he, but it also gives Spock a uh, just think something to struggle with. I mean, most right. of his people are gone, um, right. and he tried to rescue his mother and and couldn't. Right. Um, so uh, Winona Ryder, I thought she did a pretty good job. As, oh yeah, uh, you know, I watched that and I missed that that was Winona Ryder until after the movie was. Oh over. really. And I know a lot of people caught it, but I did not catch it. Okay, uh, which I guess says something, you know, that that she actually fit that role. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I think of Winona Ryder, I'm thinking of either that whole uh, scandal where she shoplifted, or 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 girl interrupted. Right, those are the two. But um, I think of her from Heather's. And, okay, uh, yeah. Um, what was the last thing I've seen her in? Um, but anyway, she she did a pretty good job. I thought yeah. the guy who played Spock's father um, did also uh, was also very, very well. And, and some fans criticized because in the Star Trek mythos, Spock and his father had a very strained relationship. Sp- his father didn't want him to go to Starfleet; he wanted him to go to the Academy. Um, and my, my my thinking is just because we didn't see it in the film didn't mean it wasn't there. It's just we see Spock decide not to go to the Academy, Vulcan Science Academy, but to go to Starfleet Academy. And that was, that's based on how the Vulcans are viewing his mother. Right, the way they treat him, he's a half, right. you know. And so I thought that was interesting. It's just, you know, they said no Vulcan has ever, uh, you know, not Refuse, accept, yeah. refusing. He said, well, you, you could still claim that. He's only half Vulcan, so uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he got a little, uh, you know, snarky with them. Yeah. But, uh, um, snarky. Yes. But um, the way I see it is, after after Vulcan is destroyed, he's able to rescue his father and some of his people. 
that Spock's father has just lost his wife. The only family he has now is his son, and you know, most of his people are, are gone, and his world is gone. So he's holding on to whatever he can, and yeah. so that's why I, I see his, his father reaching out to him. Uh, when he's about ready to kill Captain Kirk. Right. When Spock's right. about ready to kill Captain Kirk. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, let's talk in a moment here about any other things that kind of stand out that we really liked and then uh, talk about some of the things that we uh, maybe had some issues with. Okay. Yeah, but let's do this after a break. Okay. Let's rock and roll. Uh, we just got done talking about the cast, right? Yes. What else did we like, Miles? Um, I, I'm starting to like the ship. The ship is growing on me. It's not. Oh yeah, um, it's a nice, fancy, fancy ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I heard complaints about the boiler room. That's and, and actually, I kind of um, feel the same way. It just doesn't look Star Trek. I mean, it. Lo- I mean, and they and, and I read they did actually film this. I'm uh, some factory or something like that. Some, and um, I mean, the whole, it has the whole steampunk look, which I think JJ Abrams is, is, is a fan of. Yes. But, yes, definitely. But, and, and some who, who, who responded to say, you know, if this was a real ship, you would see all this stuff around, but I don't know. I just, it looked like a factory to me. It didn't look like the engine room in a starship. So there was, there maybe should have been something in there to indicate that it was Star Trek. Yeah, and, and it didn't seem that way. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's that, what I hear you. That's how I feel. It just you know, I, th- I think they could have done a little more with the engine room, right? But, but they spent a lot of money on this movie, so maybe it, that would have cost a lot more to build. Yeah. Up. What are what are the estimates? Uh, anywhere from 150 million up to 200 million? Yeah, that yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, it, and I some of that was what, just marketing. Yeah, I think that's what the Trek cast was kind of mentioning today mm-hmm. when we were when I was listening to it. That's the estimates mm-hmm. of. So you get marketing in there and everything else. That this is what it costs to put that movie out. And they spent a lot of money on marketing for this. Right, film. right. And it was they were they were airing um, previews for it and trailers for it weeks, weeks, months in advance. And the the, the Super Bowl commercials. I mean, they're, they're I forget right. how much it is. It's like a couple million for thirty right, seconds. Right, right. So I mean, it's 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 up there. It's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Well, they began airing commercials for Trek last summer. Right, it was. They just gave. It was a little logo and a picture of the ship. Right, you saw them building the ship. That's, oh, but it, it still looked good, though. Oh man, it got you excited. Some guy up there welding, right? Yeah, and you hear, you know, all these voices from the old space, the, the, the real space program going on. Then you hear Spock's voice, uh, right? Space, the final frontier, right? Which I loved mm-hmm. that they did that. That they kept him in there for that. Now uh, that does bring up the question. Did he do the voice in the original one, or was that Kirk? It was it was it was William Shatner's voice. Okay, 
I was going to say, but because Shatner was not a part of this. Yeah, this, I mean, from what I understand, if they didn't have Leonard Nimoy for this film, they couldn't really do it this way. So uh, it was, so they honored him with that. Uh, he did do that um, prologue um, in Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan um, towards the end when they, I don't know, have you, have you seen Wrath of Khan? I have. It's okay. been a while. Okay. When, when, when they shoot his coffin and lands on that planet, then you hear his voice uh, doing the whole, the, that whole prologue. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, very, 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 very nice. Well, what else do we like? Do we like the special effects? Uh, special effects were, were top notch. I actually liked the warp effect. Um, bit different than the original, but I liked it. I, I did too. It, it's kind of like, kind of reminiscent of, of the way it is for Star Wars. When right. The ship went into hyperdrive. Um, so I like that. Um, In fact, there was almost a little bit of an homage when they uh, try leaping into hyperspace the first time and they can't do it because something's locked. And I'm thinking back to the Millennium Falcon and uh, the New Hope when he tries to leap into hyperspace and can't do it right away. Right, right. There's a little bit of an homage there. Mm-hmm. But. And, and that actually prevented them from getting killed. Yeah, it ends up saving their life. Yeah, you know? if, they would have, if they would have warped with the rest of the fleet, they probably would have got destroyed. Uh, right. Um, so uh, Nero and, and his, his ship, the crew... What'd you think of the Romulans? Uh, you know, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked it, and uh, a little bit of Borg, uh, right? Technology in there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, it was it was it was it was a really good ship. It was a uh, um, that was very. They simple. did not seem overtly evil. They say <laughs> they seemed more like normal, I guess, aliens that were just seeking revenge. Yeah, and. It, I would encourage anybody who has not read the comic book series Countdown, which is that's it, right. That 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 really helps establish Nero's character more. Is that he? You know, him and his crew—they're a bunch of miners, and um, he blames Spock for the destruction of Romulus. Yeah, and they kind of they mention that there. And when Spock is chasing him, the movie doesn't really say it so well, but he's almost there by accident. It's not—he didn't go back in time on purpose. But when Spock was dealing with them, they created a, a singularity, and both of them ended up into the into the past. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought I thought he was a pretty good bad guy. I mean, Eric Bana, he's a good actor, and right, right. You know, uh, expecting him to turn green and bulk up all of a sudden. Right, right. Although the, that, that that Hulk was not a good movie by any means. Oh no, definitely not. But uh, Eric, but he's a good actor. I thought you know the. I, the movie didn't, for me, establish his character as well enough, unless you would have read Countdown, the comics. Right. Um, so you felt like, with that premise, it was really good. But okay. without the premise, it was good, but just not great. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the music? You know, I, I, I hate to say this, but the music to me almost seems forgettable. Yeah, um, I, no, no the, only, <laughs> the only thing that is anything remembering... That I remember is the original. Music. Yeah, they play at the end, the end credits. Yeah, yeah but just, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this I know this. Right. That's about it. But the rest of it, I, I couldn't tell you what I And heard. it was good. It was beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Just It was just movie music. Yeah, but you, m- music is so important for movies. I mean, here's, Star Wars has its, has its theme. Uh, Indiana Jones has its theme. Um, Jaws, I mean, it's just... Oh, yeah. You have, you know... The, the, it just the only way I could think of this music was just very forgettable. Yeah, maybe maybe after I watch, I hope to watch the movie again soon. Maybe, maybe the music will um, resonate more with me. But yeah. it just didn't. Well, let's um, 
What else didn't we like? We're kind of straying into stuff that we aren't real crazy about. What anything? Else, what else kind of stuck out that wasn't crazy about? Let me share one. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I th- was not crazy about initially, and I get, I guess. I have a bit of a problem when we use time travel devices uh, as a crutch to tell the story. In this case, using it to change a story. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, it didn't bother me when I watched the movie, but in retrospect, it kind of said, oh, you know, it's c- convenient. Time travel is a convenient way to. It's a convenient way to explain why things happen. Or, or why things change. Uh, some people call it lazy writers, and I'm not suggesting that Abrams was a lazy writer at all. Mm-hmm. It was actually a fairly good script, but it just. And maybe this was one of the only ways they could explain it. I mean, they did, have they t- did they time travel in the original track at all? Oh, yes, many times. Yeah, uh, so I mean, all right. Time travel has had a. Star Trek has used time travel to tell lots of its stories. So it is canon. The idea of this is canon. Yeah, time travel is nothing for Star Trek. I mean, some have said maybe time travel has been overdone in Star Trek, but yeah. um, But I mean, to to do it right, I mean, tell a story with the original characters again. You know, there's no other way you could do it. No, I mean, and especially you know, if you're going to do a tie-in, and also to, I mean. The haters of this movie, just you know, because it, it the original, it, it's doing the the original time period with the original cat, original act uh, characters. It is going against canon, but um, but it's doing it in a way that's still. From what I got from the writers and, and reading it, you know, the the original timeline is still still exists. This is a split off. You know, it's it, this is. Because of what Nero and Spock did, another parallel universe was created. Um, so that's that, so we still have the original. It's just there's this universe now with all this happening. Right. And, and right. if you think about, you know, there's been lots of com- you know in the comic book genres. I mean, um, they've explored this also. Um, there's something with the the multi worlds uh, crisis. Uh, right. And I mean, this gives the writer a chance to do a standalone. Uh, story with with either this superhero or in this case the original crew of Star Trek, right? And take it in a totally different direction, right? So, well, you know, and it it does play into the way the story plays out now. You mm-hmm. know, it, it establishes a story with some changes in this reboot. Yeah, and um, it, it's kind of integral for the reboot now that that now that the the this whole uh, you know time travel thing has well, happened. Vulcan is gone. Um, His it, father's gone. Um, yes, Kirk's father's gone. Right. Um, Spock's mother is gone, and we would have seen her. A few, I mean, in, in the Star Trek, we would have seen her a few more times. Um, what else? Uh, they said that um, Nero Nero destroyed like forty six Klingon ships. Right. There's a line in there, so the Klingon. You know, we didn't see Klingons in this. We may see. Maybe we'll see them in the next film. But. Um, um, what else? Well, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll nitpick about. Um, Can I just make what, one uh, one uh, okay. comment about uh, the time travel thing before we get off? Sure. And then, uh, the, uh, um, the, the it does enable them. Do you, do you th- oh, let me ask, do you think that the writer sat down and said, "We're going to eliminate Vulcan. We're going to." You know, do this to the Romulans. We're going to eliminate Kirk's father, and this is the implication it's going to have for future movies. Or do you? Are you thinking or thinking just this movie when they wrote? I, 
I, I, I, well, I think they were, you know, creating another universe with the original series characters for them to, you know, to play in. Um, and, and then, so they, they could take it in the direction that they wanted to take it in. Um, I don't think they were trying to eliminate the past Star Trek, uh, as it were. Um, uh, as far as, you know, how they, you know, I'd be curious. Maybe the DVD will figure, you know, maybe we'll get, get in, the, in the writer's Yeah, minds. who knows? We might get what, a what, later. what made them decide to, you know, destroy Vulcan or kill Kirk's father to right. get, get, you know, so they can, they can go in those different directions. Yeah. Um, maybe just because they can. Well. <laughs> you would hope a little bit more forethought goes into it, but. I think, I mean, because the, the, even though it's, it's a minority, it's a very vocal minority of haters for this. Right. Um, if you go to, tri- if you, uh, on my Trek space account, I just, I'm not a hater. Go ahead. Yes. Um, other people's reviews, uh, those who, you know, who are not liking this film at all because of, uh, some of the things in it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, so, so I, I think the way they explained it in the movie, it, it satisfied me is that this is an alternate timeline. Um, the other timeline still exists. This is just a, a parallel universe that branched off. Um, and so they could do whatever they want. I mean, right now, right, and, and still right. maybe incorporate some things in the original, right, that TV series uh, or that that they dealt with, but deal with it differently. And, yeah. and, and, and folks, I mean, this is when they made Star Trek. This was the late '60s they made it in. Um, um, I love the original series, but let's be honest, the acting wasn't always the best. The writing, I mean, the writers had to be very, you know. They were under so much, um, what's the right word? Pressure. Not just pressure, but I mean, well, just 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 the censors. I mean, I mean, I mean, they had to be careful not to carry it, make it too dark or whatever. Um, I mean, just what was going on in the 1960s is totally different than what's going on now. So right. it gives the writers a lot more freedom to to do, to do it up, and, and right. also, I mean, now we have the budget and the the budget and the technology to really make it look real good. Oh, absolutely. Um, for the '60s, it was good for its time, but it's just—it's it, the 21st century now, and so it's—it's it's, it, some things have to change, or it's going to die. Right. What did you? Uh, so you were saying you were you were about to mention before I rudely interrupted you about some nit- nitpicks that you were going to share. I, I, I do have a nitpick. Um, it just um, and maybe maybe the rationalization is this, but a Kirk getting command of the Enterprise when he's still a cadet. I mean. Um, I mean, I realize now in, in the TV series, it explained that he, you know, he excelled greatly in the academy. He got, he became an officer in the academy. He even rose the rank of lieutenant in the academy, but he did go in there for four years. This is only three years in the academy. And um, at the end of the movie, I mean, I guess they have no choice, but he gets command of the ship. It's just a huge, um, huge leap of um, promotion there. But I guess. I guess Pike does name him first captain, right? Yeah, well, and the only and the only ranking officer above him is Spock. Well, yeah, Spock was the rank. Yeah, he was the ranking officer, but I guess um, Spock doesn't want want the job now because of um, well, the emotional whatever that code was. He he was emotionally compromised. Exactly, right. Which which he definitely was. But um, I, I guess the rationalization is that several Starfleet ships have already you know. That fleet of Starfleet ships that they launched to Vulcan, you know, uh, Nero just, you know, went through them like they were nothing. 
they don't have many, you know, they, they, they need qualified officers. And so maybe that's the rationalization that they gave Kirk a. Well, plus, and he proved him. So before they get back to the rest of the fleet, right, mm-hmm. he takes command of, of the Enterprise and right. he proves himself in the whole battle. Yeah, he definitely proves the leader. And, then, and he, then he comes back as like, okay, well, let's give him command. Mm-hmm. He uh, he proved himself as a commander, right? It's just it's not so, it's just not very real life. I mean, as far as the military and I mean, Starfleet was kind of followed the Navy tradition. You would go four years in the academy and uh-huh. then become an officer and then work your way up through the ranks. But uh, I mean, they, they did hint in the Star Trek mythos that Kirk was the youngest Starfleet captain ever. Um, but just uh, now, he's definitely the youngest Starfleet captain ever. Right, right, definitely, definitely. That's hey, my that's my nitpick. I mean, that's your right. nitpick. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, I do we have anything more you want to say about Trek? Um, otherwise, I love the film. Go see it. Go go see it. See um, it again and again and again. That that'll tell the, the people of Hollywood that we want more good Star we Trek. We want more. Yes. We want more. And J.J. Abrams' team, I think, did a fine job with yes. this. Uh, yes. Uh, I think they definitely breathed new life into it. Um, yeah. Um, great film. Go see it. Very 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 very, very good. Um, all right. Well, that, uh, I guess that's it for Trek then, right? Uh, yes, it's it for Trek. I think we've, we've given it a fair review. Yep, and we've uh, beat it to death. Good. All right, we are going to end with a trivia question this week, and this is our trivia question. It's going to be Trek-related, and it's going to be new Trek-related from Star Trek Eleven, the most expensive Star Trek ever made. So anyways, in Star Trek, McCoy says a line. There's a line in there that says, oh, let me see if I can find it here. Um, McCoy claims that, one tiny crack in the hall will cause your blood to boil in 12 seconds. So one tiny crack in the hall will cause your blood to boil in 10, 12 seconds. Is this true or false in reality? Is this a truth or is this a false statement by McCoy? And it's kind of, so you have to know a little science here. or do A little bit of science or know a little bit about research. space. Yes. But. All right. That's our trivia. If you think you know the answer to this question – you can go ahead and call into the show at 206-600-4824 or email us at zogpod at gmail.com. As always, you can find Dining at the End of the Universe at diningattheendoftheuniverse.com. And you can uh, find us there and find show notes. We'll post a lot of what we said up there. And there might be some other notes as well. We meant to talk about the dollhouse and the fringe finale, but we ran out of time. We will do that next week or another week, mm-hmm. um, being that they're not coming back till who knows when anyways. And um, But that's that. Uh, Miles, where can they find you? Uh, you could. I have a Trek Space account. Just look up Miles McLaughlin. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Yeah, so both of those. And you can find me on Twitter. And my Twitter name is H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, Herzog. And uh, you can find me there and follow me there and chat chat with me there. And you can always email us. We're always looking for feedback. We would still love to hear some of your Trek reviews and uh, 
hoping to get some Wolverine reviews yet. And uh, we have, of course, Terminator Salvation coming out in the next week or so, right? Yes, uh, the 21st. Yeah, so uh, we're going to see what happens with that. Are you going to see that open night? I don't know, but it, 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 it won't be long before I will see it. Though. Yeah, theater maybe, but uh, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but I plan on seeing it soon. Hopefully. All right. All right, well, thank you for dining with us tonight. We hope you enjoyed our show. We hope we weren't too long-winded. But these are our thoughts in our review of Star Trek. And And, uh, good night and good luck. Live long and prosper.
I don't know if I'll upset the status quo if I throw poison in the water main. Listen close to everybody's heart and hear that breaking sound. Hopes and dreams are shattering apart and crashing to the ground. I cannot believe my eyes. How the world's filled with filth and lies, but it's plain to see evil inside of me is on the rise. Look around, we're living with the lost and found. Just when you feel you've almost drowned, you find. Up on solid ground, and you believe there's good in everybody's heart. Keep it safe and sound. With hope, you can do your part to turn a life around. I cannot believe my eyes. Is the world finally growing wise? 'Cause it seems to Crashing to the ground. ground. I cannot. 